baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Charlie just decided it was time to play the Open. I, I that thought, is the Open. I you did, got th- it. I did think we made eye contact. It's all right. I thought we were it's doing right. it. It's very exciting. Jeff Kolb is here. Jeff, you've had quite an experience here at CCO Radio so far. I have. Uh, we were stuck in uh, in the hallway, in the stairwell. In the stairwell, yeah. I'd call it the stairwell. I think that's accurate. We were stuck in the stairwell together because I did not know the code to get into the second floor. Yep, that happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know we it was sh- exciting. We shared a tender moment, but we yeah. we we escaped and we're here. And you came in like just in the nick of time. I I probably shouldn't have said anything. You, you no one of, at home would. You almost know. slid in. I mean, it's, it was it was it was, uh, it was a quick. It, it was, was a quick. No, uh, it was impressive. Thank you. My dexterity is something I think I don't get enough credit for. Right. So I appreciate you noticing that. Uh, Jeff Kolb is a former city council member in Crystal, which is sometimes used as a pejorative. It is. uh, Which is strange. Uh, I sure as hell would not want to be on a city council member. Uh, Jeff, why why do you think I asked you to be here on a segment that is uh, usually interviewing uh, maybe more conventional members of what people would think of as the media? Because you are very open-minded. Hmm. Because you have, and and I actually, so I if 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 you don't know me from my online presence, I, I I don't, I'm not particularly serious. I don't take myself particularly serious or anything particularly serious. But I will say seriously, I, I, I will you give you say seriously. Okay, thank you seriously. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Gr- correcting my grammar. <laughs> um, but I will give you a, a serious compliment. I do think that of the members of the, and I think you probably are the media or not, For sure. not the media right but i mean right. you're, you're definitely I'm a, in the a member of the media conventional right? bucket right and i think of of the members of the media i think you do have a very open mind to what the media is and yeah and also yeah. you've been running this segment for a long time and sometimes you you have to get to the bottom of the barrel at some point getting thin yeah getting thin jeff kolb has co-hosted the breakdown with broadcorb and becky which is a podcast with michael broadcorb and becky sure uh, takes on politics from, uh, uh, is it fair to say it's it's from, uh, it's difficult to know if I can say Republican or right wing because it's so confusing what that party is today. I think, But it's a more convinc- conventional. I would call it center right. I think that's right. a fair center right. I mean, Michael was the deputy chair of the Republican Party at one point and Becky was the, um, was the executive director of the Republican Party. You know, at one point, so where they consider themselves now, I, 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 that's probably complicated. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's what a lot of people are going through in terms of where they where they fit politically. Do you consider a you know a political podcast as part of the media? I do. Yeah, I, I have a very expansive I do too. view of what 
what the media is. I mean, I, and I, I, I'm not being glib when I say we are all the media. Um, I, I think, you know, when the line between who is the media and who's not the media, if you look at a, a really great example of that is is the George Floyd situation, right? We saw a video from that, from somebody who was a bystander who was standing there and took that video and distributed that video. Um, were they a member of the media at that point? I would argue they were because they were citizen reporting. I mean, there, yeah. there is, there's only one first amendment that you, you don't have to get, you don't get access to special parts of the first amendment because you have a, a laminated badge that says press. Right. And so I, the line is very, the line is, is it's unclear. I think, you know, who it is, is unclear, who is the media, yeah. but I agree in that. I actually think Darnella Frazier who took that bystander video, uh, Deserved a, a Pulitzer. Right. I, I mean, it, and that act of journalism changed our understanding of what happened there and arguably uh, changed the political course of this country for the, uh, you know, since since that moment. Right. Uh, the other example, the other good example, the the uh, the miracle on the Hudson was kind of the moment mm. that made Twitter back in the day. Yeah. Right. When you had people who yeah. were there and said, and, you know, there, there's a plane landing in the river and, you know, that. That, um, but the ability for people to, to when when you have the way you have social media today gives everybody the opportunity with a with a social media account and a cell phone, you you are the media and and people should think about it that way, and that's why I, I very much struggled when there were in the in the riots following the George Floyd situation when they there were curfews that then had exceptions carved out for that said for members of the media, mm. which was very problematic. And I think nobody challenged that, but where do you draw the line between somebody who is, you know, on the street walking around video, you know, taking video of what's going on and they may have a personal feeling about what's going on either way, but how do you say you're the media and you're not when you're right. both doing the same activity, which is you're standing in the same place and you're both taking video? We have to figure out a way to divide that, though, don't we? Because uh, in those emergency-type situations, because otherwise, uh, what's stopping a kind of one of these political trackers, right, who follows around, you know, you work for the DFL and you follow sure. around a Republican candidate. Are you the media? Sort of. You're sort of doing this uh, in a similar way. Right. But but I guess I'd And ask, then every news conference has a thousand people in it or whatever. And how do you know, you run into some practical limits. So I think I think I guess the question is, why do we need to what why do we need to draw a distinction, though? Because. Hmm. I, I think it, something that you've seen a lot of, and we can argue about whether it's good or bad, but you've seen this huge break breaking up of, of the sources. I mean, you go back in the day and there were a few radio yeah. stations and a few TV yeah. stations, right? And now everyone can get their news from anywhere. And you could say that that's either a good thing or a bad thing, and we could have arguments about whether it's, it's a good thing or a bad thing. thing. But yeah. to letting people decide, you know, if I get... If I see video from a DFL tracker, as long as that video is not altered in any way, you know, as long as it's real video, right. then that's a valid source of the news. But I if mean, everyone's the media, then you then you 
it's essentially it's a, about a practical. Do you have enough room in a space? Sure. Do you have you know it's that. But you're not going to get. I mean, I think it's it's interesting though. You've seen a, a few. Um, like I had to get to work right at <laughs> three in the morning, and I was concerned uh, that you know after the, the riots were happening that I I wouldn't be able to to get to work. You've seen some interesting things in in like specifically in Hennepin County with uh, Mary Moriarty holding press conferences and then uh, claiming that it's hijacked by, you know, <laughs> members of the family or members yeah. of, you know. And I guess I think enforcing decorum, I think, is not a problem, right? So, I mean, no, you don't have the right to interrupt somebody's press conference in a, in a way or you don't have the yeah. you don't have the right to take the podium from somebody. But should members of the family who are concerned be able to stand at a press conference by a public official? I think For so. For sure, yeah. So, yeah. so where, yeah, do you it's start, interesting. where do you start drawing the lines? So I, I, it's, you know. it's a fun topic to talk about because the reality is everyone, because of social media, has the ability to uh, document what they see and report it. Right. Uh, so, so does that distinction make sense? I don't know. I do think there is a difference between people who are doing it for a living and people who are are using that tool just to get whatever they're whatever they're trying to get at that moment. Sure. But generally, I agree with you is that it, like having more access to regular yes, people is better. Yes, but you know, um, you look at you look at people who do strictly opinion journalism who have shows on TV. Uh, there's not again. We all get we all get the same First Amendment. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't get true. an equal you don't get an equal opportunity to an audience, right? I mean, that's right. No, nothing says that I have to listen to you, but you do have the right to say what you're going to say, and you know. Yeah. So why is my opinion? Why, especially a, you look at a, a platform that's democratized, like like a like Twitter or any social right. media site, right? Why is my tweet more important than your tweet, or yeah. vice versa? Right. And, and and it's the audience gets to decide how much value they're going to put on that. Jeff Kolb is with us on Twitter. You can follow him at JPKOLB. The podcast that he's uh, stepped in and hosted from time to time is The Breakdown with Brad Corbin Becky. And he broke some news with an interview with Scott Jensen. Uh, We'll play that for you and then talk a little bit about uh, some of the developments in the election, things we're watching right now, things uh, that are of interest to Jeff. We believe that anybody can be the media if you want to do the work. That's my general belief. If you want to show up at a press conference or you want to apply for credentials, uh, the bias should be in favor of granting those credentials. Yeah, I agree. I think it's better. I'm an opinion. I don't even know what I am now. What am I? Who, who's to say? Hey, you're a radio host. That's right. We're sitting here. We're on the. We're, we got is this on the air? I think how it many is. thousands of watts or something? I believe we have fifty thousand. Fifty thousand watts. Yeah, we'll, coming out to you. We'll have more of it in just a minute here on Drive Time with Teresha. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
424, Jeff Kolb is our guest. He was a city council member, uh, but he's uh, in, in Crystal, in his suburb of Crystal, and he's gained an audience by tweeting about politics and also uh, guesting as a co-host on a podcast, The Breakdown with Broadcorp, Michael Broadcorp, who's been on this show before, and Becky Schur. Uh, let's play a clip of you uh, talking to former uh, governor candidate, Scott Jensen, sort of uh, a little bit of an autopsy after the campaign. Thank you for not saying gubernatorial. I know, just such a stupid word. Yeah, I, I avoid it. The goober part of it is yeah, yeah, apropos. You don't want that. But no. Here's a clip from The Breakdown. So how about that? Like he went on to talk about sort of his failings. It was very – and you ended up breaking news as he talked also about abortion right? and his approach on that issue. It, it was – that was a totally bizarre experience for I think everybody involved. So we um, we have a, a little studio. There, the, the, there's a little – it's like a conference room somewhere, right? It's not anything luxurious like this room that we're in here. Right. But um, – and we were in on the weekend, and there was no HVAC, which nobody knew. And so the, it was about 110 degrees in the little room, um, and so we could start there. And then, you know, we, Michael and I, were both very harsh uh, on Scott Jensen during the campaign. And um, so we were kind of ready. We were sort of loaded, and we had this kind of idea how we expected the interview to go. And then... He came in and we started asking him questions and uh, quickly all of the prep that we had done um, became useless because we were going to challenge him on some things and he instead kind of fell on the sword. And that was so that was a really interesting, you know, as somebody who does this uh, as a this podcasting thing again, I'm, I'm the fill in host. Right. So I don't uh, I don't think um, Michael or Becky would consider themselves professionals at this point either. You know, they've been doing it for about a year, but. There, um, but we were all, all kind of scrambling, going, okay. So now we had a plan, we had an outline. Mm-hmm. You know, we we met beforehand and sort of outlined where we were we were going to go and how we were going to divide things. And then he sort of threw a hand grenade in the middle of the interview by saying, "Yep, you're right. I screwed up." <laughs> we're like, "Oh, okay." Whoa, right? Um, it was a great. I mean, it was a really, really interesting interview because you don't get a lot of that from politicians. You don't get a lot of that. They generally do not admit mistake under any circumstances. And so to hear Jensen, was he was very reflective on, wh- on what what happened. And he had, we could tell he had thought a lot about it. And one of the things, you know, you're, you're in radio, so you get it. We, you miss the body language and you miss the facial expressions and those kind of things. And so you could tell so we, got, we got a ton of feedback after that episode, and it was really kind of funny. Everything from how dare you talk to him to, you know, he was lying to what a great – you know, I mean, it was all yeah. over the board. But the one thing that was interesting is that in the room it was very, very clear how authentic he was. And I guess that didn't come through in the audio quite as well because some people were questioning his sincerity. And I had to say, you know, no, we, we, you missed that element of it. Um, when you didn't get to see uh, the body yeah. language and the facial expressions, right. but I could, but he you could absolutely, feel it. yeah, he was absolutely being authentic because we would have called it out if he wasn't. So well, the, the one thing he said that I thought was so fascinating and to me is useful thinking about as we go forward into another presidential campaign season, he was addicted to 
the love and the applause right. and the praise he would get. Yes. And so much like people sometimes think like, oh, I'm in the media and people hand down like the marching orders. No, it's like people sort of self-direct themselves, uh, especially when there's a group think scenario going on. Well, and, and you and intrinsically, we know that about politicians, right? You, If you watch enough of politics, oh. you know that they chase – you want the love. You and, want and, the and, adoration. And you watch during the primary. You you swing, you know, to the right or to the left, and then you try to tack toward the middle again. And and, and you know that that was the first time I had heard hmm. a candidate just come right out just and say it. it. Yeah, and yeah. just say it and say, yeah, that's what I did. Of course, that's what I did. Right. I had an ego, and I was chasing, and I was chasing. It. And you kind of go, okay, well, I mean, I get that. Yeah. And then so then you want to be mad at the guy, and then he's like, yeah, that's what I did, and you kind of go, oh. <laughs> Okay, well, well, now what do I say? Yeah. Well, I wanted to yell at you about it, right. but now I can't. So, um, and then he was on. He was on another time, and it, we're um, we've talked about having him come back on again because it was just it was a great conversation, and I think he's a he's an interesting person. I think to so too, about. but I worry that the way that people consume information from politicians punishes a nuanced, thoughtful person. It absolutely does. It. 100% does. There's no room for nuance. Uh, there just, there isn't. It's sound bites. And, you know, we had, to, we had talked, we exchanged a couple of messages yeah. on, on Twitter about um, one of the, a different episode that Michael and Becky did where they had Don Samuels on and he had a lot of substantive criticism of, of Ilhan Omar. And the takeaway was whatever line he said that was dumb again. And I, I'm not yeah. just saying that it wasn't dumb, but he called her you're not pretty enough to right. have that attitude right. or whatever it was that he said. And that was what got the, the media coverage, right? And so right. there was no – there was no – it was 60 minutes of nuanced or substantive conversation in one throwaway line and all of the all of the buzz, everything that got excerpted out into the newsletters the next morning and everything that, that – you know, and then what Omar finally responded to was that, that one line again in in 60 minutes of audio. So – um, and I know I know that, and everybody knows that, but that doesn't mean that I have to like it. It's still, it still stinks. Yeah, because I mean, you know, okay, so there were fifty nine and a half minutes of great content and thirty seconds of a gaff, and all we want to talk about is the gaff. And again, I I, I don't, I like I'm not new. Like this is not my first. It is day reality, here, right? but <laughs> that, we that can is al- what it is. We can also be annoyed that but, that's yeah, how but it I is. can but I can say you know you guys did a great interview and that's what that was the takeaway. That's that that's annoying. So uh, today I've got Governor Tim Walls on. Yeah, which I'm using to say that I was on the radio with Tim Walls, which I think is fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. If if you could ask him one question, what would you ask him? Oh boy. Uh, I would ask him. If he has any regrets about his actions during the COVID emergency, mm. um, because I I have a I was a big Tim Waltz fan in the very early days of the COVID of the COVID situation, and I was very vocal about that. I thought he was doing a really great job, and then he lost me at a certain point, and then and then I and then it felt like it just everybody got dug in on the politics side yeah. of things. And so that I think, um, you know, I, I, not to get you in trouble with your guest that's going to be on, I think Wall struggles with authenticity and he tends to have a lot of different opinions on things depending on who he's talking to or what the point in time is. And I don't think he spends a lot of time explaining that. Um, 
again, that's not unique, right? Nobody does. Nobody does. Right. Everybody. It's it's like we Tom Emmer is a master at that. When he's yeah. on with me, he sounds like the most moderate, thoughtful politician in the world. And then I hear him on the Patriot, right? And and it's, it's a different flamethrowing right. Tom. Yeah, and and that's that's how it is, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's and I again, I can say it sucks, but whose it, fault it, is it? Is it us that we eat it up? I, man, I think everybody owns that, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, we, you know, one of the things um, w- you had asked me before we came on, if there were any episodes that I wanted to touch on, one of my favorite episodes was a guest that uh, I had on, and then Becky and I had on, and then you also had on this a woman, Colleen Kelly. She used to work for the Star Tribune. Her daughter was um, hit by a car. She had been. Um, she's dealing with a lot of that. And she was the one who said, you know, if you want to commit murder, do it in a car. Yeah. And, that, and that, and that was a really, really tough interview to do. It's also the one that probably did the, the lowest numbers of the episodes that mm-hmm. I was involved with yeah. because people don't want to listen to downer serious stuff. And I, I know you had a segment yeah. the other day where you were kind of feeling down about the, the stuff that you, you know, it was like, this bad news. There's just bad right. news after bad news after bad news. I'll admit it. I, I skipped over that awful story in St. Paul. I didn't have the headspace to deal with somebody else's tragedy, and so I just I knew it was there. I read right. the headlines, and I'm like, I, I just can't click into it. So I get it. You don't want to listen to an hour of somebody else's tragedy, but sometimes it's important to make yourself do that, you know, and listen to understand kind of what's going on. In the world, so it's tough yeah. to talk about substantive things, and it's it's no fun. You could do a great show about tragedy and how to avoid it and whatever, and then nobody would listen to it, and then then you haven't done anything, right? And, and so, what have you really accomplished? So I think you have to balance that, and um, so I, I don't know. It's a it's a it's tough because you have to give the audience what they want, but you also have to steer the audience a bit, right, to get. You can't just serve up candy. Right. It, 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 you gotta. Well, you can, but then you'd be then yeah. you'd be, um, you know, I, there, there's a place for that. There's a place right? for that. Yeah, yep. on a on we're a, a news talk, right? right? On, a, on an FM morning yep. show. Yep. Right. Just have you, some fun. you are serving up candy, and that's fine, and that's that's sure. what people are expecting. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect you to. You have to. You have to balance candy and plus <laughs> reality. You know, and that's. Uh, it, I'm sure it's a tough act to do yeah. on, a, on an ongoing basis, you know? Yeah, we, we think about it always. We could keep talking forever, but this isn't a podcast. i got to run some Yeah, that is one nice thing. We don't have we any have time. We have traffic. Limits, so. We have weather. Uh, this was really fun. Go check out the podcast uh, and follow Jeff on Twitter. Give your Twitter handle again. Uh, J-P-K-O-L-B. All right. Follow Jeff. We appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you so much. Come back. It. This was really good. I'd love to. 435, uh, Paul's coming up with a look at the snow and the big cool down in a minute here on CCL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 